I'm Sade. Welcome to It's Your Life, where amazing things happen only if you let them. Richie Crowley, an Ivy League educated former professional athlete. He lives a life of positive rebellion. When his peers graduated, swapping caps and gowns for shirts and ties, Richie decided to move to Europe. After his undergraduate at Brown University, he spent three years living in France as a French national champion and Italy playing professional ice hockey as a member of the Italian national team. As a co-founder of Wild But Well, Richie advocates on a new definition of wellness. He is toured as a corporate speaker and published works of poetry and in writing and has gotten quite familiar with microphones via numerous podcasts. He continues to receive praise as a brand strategist, creative director, and idea generator, all the while emerging as a wellness activist. Richie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for that introduction. It's, um, <laughs> I'm blushing. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. It's like, whoa, you did that, this, and this. So I think it definitely all contributes to your story. Um, I have so many questions to begin with, but for our audience, I, we, you and I have talked before this. Um, can we just begin with your current installation of the Wellness Ride? And if you want to just sort of talk a little bit about that. For those that don't know what the Wellness Ride is, um, Richie Crowley is currently partnering with Vistro to deliver vegan meals to charity while you're also simultaneously biking across the U.S., um as a vegan and promoting wellness and so if you can just sort of talk about what inspired this where you are location right now what your plans are what day you're on um and all of that definitely so i am currently on day 52 i am about 12 to 15 hours away from starting my final leg and it begins with going directly west into the rocky mountains from Denver and I'm about 2,700 miles in I'm about 1,200 miles left and physically I'm at a point where like I'm ready to do it but I'm also ready to get back so I've committed that I think the the final two weeks I think are going to take about 100 miles every day and I'm just I'm like ready to do it partially just because you know it's been a long time I've learned a lot but I also, I think it might be my ego getting in the way, but the, the idea of doing 12 straight 100-mile days to finish this ride, a ride that people have been like, oh, you're only going to eat plants on? How's that <laughs> going to work? It's something that, like, I have this pride and, like, a little bit of motivation to be like, I'm going to prove the power of plants. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> so a little bit of time left. Um, and the biggest challenge, I think, will be the Rocky Mountains. I'm climbing thousands of feet. But if I take it back to the beginning, the wellness ride was or is an idea, is a concept that is meant to be an off-the-screen experience. Because I looked at health and wellness, and there are so many advocates and activists within the space that are limiting themselves to you know, maybe an Instagram post or an Instagram story and not going full in to make that YouTube video or to write that medium blog post to do more. 
So I wanted to do more, just, just in general, one step, but I also wanted to build a community, a physical community. I wanted to meet people along the route. I wanted to meet people in Ohio, in Pennsylvania, in Kansas, in Colorado. I wanted to have the conversations about what does wellness look like to them, but also what are the barriers to wellness? And growing up in urban East Coast and now living in Los Angeles, I don't have many barriers to wellness. You know, I have nice weather. I have all the grocery stores. I have any studio. Anything that I need to amplify or accelerate my wellness, I have. But when you're in rural Kansas and it's a food desert and all you want is maybe just some fresh produce and you can't access that, that becomes a barrier. So it was important for me to... If I want to be doing the work as part of a solution to making America or making the whole world a bit healthier and a bit more well, I first needed to see it and experience it and have these conversations before I could, you know, just create that solution. So the wellness ride has the two components. There's the raising the meals for those who currently are less fortunate than others and they deserve a nice, delicious plant-based bistro meal. And the second part is that discovery, that exploration. There were two things that you said that stuck out to me. One, you said that your your purpose of wanting to do it as a ride is just sort of that off-the-screen experience, which I think is so relevant today where we're glued to our phones and people feel the need to highlight, you know, all these moments in their life and these perfectly painted portraits and, you know, these clips these clips of what is going on and not sort of putting everything that's raw and real and so i think that you're you hit it right on the mark that we we don't we don't get to see that a lot as much anymore and so i think that you're definitely leading the wave in that and being able to be just honest and upfront and yeah taking things off the screen and and also letting people still allow to follow you and throughout your journey for those that may not be able to physically stop or join or you know anything like that totally it's i mean it's like social media is important yeah. You know, without without social media, this ride can't happen. Right. We of can't course. raise thousands of meals, of and course. people can't follow along. But it's just like I didn't want to just rely on that. Yeah. And it's I wouldn't even call it a grievance grievance or anything. It's just I would encourage someone who is leading the way, or they have an audience within wellness, to do a bit more. You know, don't just rely on. 15-second Instagram story that disappears within 24 hours. Right. You know, if it's something that is that serious and that passionate, turn the phone horizontal, make that a YouTube video, mm. and then share that across Medium, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, embed that into a blog post so that is there because that is your body of work. That's your portfolio. Don't do a disservice to yourself and just let it go. But it may be something where someone wants to access that a week from now. They want to share it with their friend a month from now. And if you only allow it to just be in that Instagram story, then it kind of disappears. Same with if you post an Instagram and you have a beautiful long caption, flip that over into a Google Doc and then put that up on Medium, Facebook, LinkedIn, and make that a blog mm. post. I just think it's, we, we can be doing so much more to create that community as wide as we can digitally and then take that next step, which is go out into a community. You know, Get outside of the four walls that you talk about community from within and really go and build that community. Yeah, whether it's starting small with meetup groups or taking it further with partnerships or going on a campaign or something, but 
um, taking it that step further to make that human connection. Definitely. I, I, I have so much admiration for people that are bold enough to host meetups. Yeah. Because they're just putting it out there saying, like, hey, does anyone want to hang out with me and share this interest? Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's not backed by a studio or it's not backed by anything major. It's just one person who says, this matters to me. Does anyone else have an interest in it? Let's get together. Strangers pop up. I mean, that's so cool. It's so cool. Absolutely. Um, and you, the second thing that I wanted to touch on that you brought up was just the, the topic of food accessibility when we're having these conversations about plant-based diets and food deserts. And I'm so glad that you brought it up because I feel like that's often left out of that conversation and just being real about what is accessible to certain neighborhoods, certain zip codes, um, communities of certain minorities or majorities and how not everyone has that access and you acknowledging your privilege and living in LA and having things being able to be so close and accessible and you're taking it that step where you're saying, I come from this society community and I'm now actually trying to give this, or you're not even trying, you're doing it, you know, partnering with Vistro and delivering, you know, providing that opportunity to those that it may have not had been possible before. Can I ask you how you got that partnership started or what prompted you to add that, tack that on in addition to the ride? Yeah, so my partner and I, Pat, this, I want to say it was this February, we had reached out to Monica, who is the founder of Vistro, and we asked if we could just come in, talk with her, meet with her, because we wanted to just start getting to know people who are influential in the vegan community in Los Angeles. And she graciously invited us in, and we had this really long conversation. And one part of it, she talked about how she would love to get delicious plant-based meals to those who can't even afford to, you know, buy an apple. Mm-hmm. So as, as much as she's focused on the current customer base, but she's also like, how can I get this wide? How do I make this the most convenient option? And we tossed around ideas about, you know, food trucks and ways to do like Fridays in an inner city community or in a, in a, a community of poverty. So when the wellness rise really became something that was not just an idea, but it was like, okay, it's happening, you know, to the point where I was like, I just have to ride now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I called Monica and I said, hey, um, I want to revisit that conversation we had. Do you have an hour I can come in? And she invited me. I think it was a Wednesday. I remember a rainy day. I actually had a flat tire on the way there. And oh, jeez. Really? This is even going to yeah, happen? Like... Yeah, it was miserable. It was a rainy day. I actually I crashed on the train track. Oh, jeez. I went in there bloody, had a flat tire, had to run the last two miles. But I just, I, I aired it all out to her and I said, I think this is what we can do. Like, we can create this piece that's like a mobilization, not only of individuals who can and want to donate a meal, but then, you know, supplement it with education, supplement it with mm. community activities. And at the end, it still does what the core, what we both wanted to do, this core goal of, getting delicious, healthy, plant-based meals to those who currently are less fortunate than us. Absolutely. And it's like that, having the ability to do that, where Vistro's like, yeah, let's do it. You know, let's, like, what, what do we have to do to make this work? How do we do it? And it was like, from the start, 
Monica and the whole Vistro team was so on board, which it just it, it was so comforting that I didn't have to like fight for it. You yeah. know, it was like wow, these are just a these are good people who want to do good stuff. If you could tell from like the first time that we even had this conversation back in February, um, so that was really awesome to to have them as a part of it. And now still, it's like there was just a piece that came out in Veg News today about the wellness ride that I. It's proven that it's building. It's like this is people are encouraged by this or maybe even say inspired by it. It's just like it's exciting to build this kind of energy together, especially leading into the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and um I was reading that article that it's you've been able to donate over sixteen hundred vegan meals, which is so impressive. Yeah, it's it's been awesome. I the number it's it's such like sixteen hundred is a number that you know, I can't count to on any body parts. I can't really look yeah. at outside and count 1,600 people. But when you think it's like, okay, 1,600 people is the size of some people's high school. And just mm. by biking across the country, it's lining up every single one of those individuals, sitting them down and having them a full vegan entree. You know, mm. it's not just like, hey, here are some French fries or like, here's right. like a small burrito. It's like these meals have three parts. You know, like the sorba noodle or the burrito or, like, the chicken tender tofu. It comes with, like, the side of rice. And then there's, like, the steamed veggies. It's, like, this is a full nutritious plate. And that's – it's cool that just by biking across the country, it's mobilized enough people um, to care that much. And I think it's only going to grow. Like, I, I, I have a lot of confidence that the last couple weeks, the performance of finishing it in – in 12 days, I think there's going to be a lot of excitement. And I've kind of designed it. I use the word installation because I'm trying to take this, like, artistic approach in terms of content and sharing. Mm. But I do think there's going to be, like, this really big energy coming at the end of the ride that will hopefully bring another, you know, 500,000 or something meals. And you speak about advocating for just sort of, like, a new definition of wellness. Um, you've you mentioned that a little bit before, but can you sort of elaborate on what that – new definition looks like for you yeah so wellness to me i'll, I'll even add something before and kind of like a, a a preface or an introduction i think the health and wellness industry has some of the most talented and intelligent marketing teams in the country of course i really like i of think they're, they're genius <laughs> at how successful they've gotten health and wellness to be but the I'll call it kind of like the the bad part about this is that it has created this narrative mm. that health and wellness is simply a spin class, it's simply a smoothie, and it's something that you have to purchase. Yes. Where where my definition differs is yes, moving your body and eating healthy are two buckets of wellness. Mm -hmm. but they are just buckets. They are not the entire definition. Wellness also includes how you sleep, how you care for your body, for your mind, how you manage stress, how you work to identify what creates stress, the language with which you speak to yourself, the language with which you speak to others, love, gratitude, compassion, community. All of those pieces are parts of your wellness. You know, friendship, when we look at friendship and community and these long relationships that people who are centenarians are having and they're like no I don't work out I walk to the market every day and I cook 
local food that is in season. These are all different pieces of it. So wellness is not just an aesthetic. Wellness is not just the mountain of abs or the mountains of muscles that someone has on their body. Wellness is so deep beneath the skin. It is so deep in our mind, in our hearts, in our relationships. So to me, it's important to just not really give in on that, to, to be so committed to that. If there's a day where I'm not able to move my body naturally and go for a run or a bike or a walk, but I'm able to meditate or I'm able to have a four-hour meal with some of my closest friends and enjoy that and listen to music and dance, there's, there's no competitiveness between those days because those are all different types of buckets that I'm able to fill up. So that's a, a big part of just the definition of it. Then comes in the point of accessing all of that. Moving your body naturally, eating fresh, healthy plants, meditating, sleeping, love, compassion, gratitude, speaking to others, speaking to yourself, all of those things are extremely affordable and accessible if you do a little bit of work on that. Because you do not need a gym membership to go for a walk, to go for a run. Mm. You do not need to shop at you do not need to shop at Whole Foods to purchase produce. You yeah. do not need to have an expensive meditation teacher to meditate. You can use a free app. You don't need a lot of money to prioritize sleep. If anything, you'll save $75 a month by canceling Netflix and YouTube TV. Yeah. In order to speak to others with kindness, it doesn't cost you anything. In order to express love and gratitude, those are all free and accessible. In a way, it's harder and more expensive to go off the old definition of health and wellness, which is just a $10 smoothie and a $33 soul cycle class. This updated definition that we really advocate for is more accessible. It just takes an investment of your time and of your willpower, and that sometimes is the, that's sometimes the hardest thing to do. It's sometimes just more convenient to say, oh, let me just have someone else tell me exactly what to do. Let me just invest money here and follow up here. But when you take that step back, and you have the proper why, then it's easier and it becomes more sustainable of a process of accessing your wellness. Mm. Absolutely. You, you're you enlightening me now because, you know, as you were talking and you said that viewing it in these buckets and the three things that's really stood out to me, you said that it's how you sleep, it's how you speak to yourself, the friendships that you have and the community that you have. And those are like, I feel like, Along those earlier examples of quote-unquote wellness that we hear of, like my Soul Cycle class, and I just have this Apple Watch that tracks my steps, and oh my God, I need to, you know, I've like had lunches <laughs> with friends, and they're like, I need to walk around the block to, you know, get more steps in, and it's just like, that's great, but that, you know, there are other ways, right? Like putting the phone away and spending three to mm -hmm. four hours and communing with your friends and family uh, and viewing that as wellness. Um, and that's not, we don't hear about that at all, about these definitions without it being tied to consumerism and, you know, those sort of mm -hmm. um, opportunities for brands. So, But that, it's, it's important to acknowledge that the consumerism piece of that because there is no brand, there is no product that in a way can monetize a majority of that type of wellness. Absolutely. You know, there's no brand. Like, you, you would then say, okay, the ultimate brand would be Chiquita Bananas or, like, Goya Beans yeah. or a New Balance <laughs> sneaker that's saying, hey, get outside and run. There's no walking studio or just, like, 
love class. It's it's a different it's a different face of wellness, but it's something where I'm able to sit back and articulate it now because I used to subscribe to that old version. You know, I used to be counting every single calorie, every piece of protein, tracking every single workout, using the word gains and intake mm. and having journals around all of that. And it brought me to a point where I wasn't advancing my athletic career. I was just advancing myself to a point of paralysis where I was mm. like, oh my God, I didn't do that today. I'm, I'm, no, I'm not going to be able to perform now. And it, was, it took me out of any type of natural state and started impacting just like my confidence and like self-value as I was, how I was as an athlete. And I was less willing to take a risk where now it's the complete opposite where it's like, it's, it's kind of delivered me this superpower of confidence where I'm so comfortable with who I am, but also with how I can move through life and what I can do now. And I believe it's anchored in the investment of my time in wellness practices. Absolutely. And giving yourself that freedom. And I think that reminding others, just like have you said, that it's a very personal journey. And so being able to listen to others and do your own research, but personalizing it to your own experience and what you're sort of looking for um, at the end of the road. So thank you for sharing that. Of course, of course. An open book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I even think, you know, I was like, I was like, what was the first time I really heard of, like, quote-unquote wellness or, like, you know, that sort of, like, idea? And I think that even though, you know, with major influencers now, we have so much more to go. And I would like to see your definition of wellness and and wellness being viewed in these buckets that you mentioned. But I was like, I remember, like, being a kid and watching, like, Weight Watchers and Slim Fast and, like, the Atkins diet. And, you know, like, all these things that were, like, you have to do this and count this in order for it to be quote unquote healthy and not really looking at the holistic view. Um, and hopefully like even with Weight Watchers transitioning into, I think they're called like wellness works or something that's more, it's even though it's not perfect, it's we're hopefully starting to see that transition. And even in media where we're just seeing other types of body, like more body positivity. Um, so that okay. people are just starting to, understand that you know it's a very personal journey i I agree and i i believe like you said there's definitely a lot more work to do and i i'm guilty i'm guilty sometimes of wanting the extreme i'm guilty of talking to friends or my partner and being like well why don't we just jump to this yeah and i have to be reminded sometimes i have to be reminded sometimes from my friends or my partner that i need to be compassionately critical so I need Mm. to acknowledge that this is working it's going it's trending in the right direction and then you can be critical so celebrate the movement and the advances that are happening within the space and then continue to try to be part of that solution because a a great example is something on this ride what what surfaced to me was for wellness to be sustainable I believe I believe excuse me that it needs to be affordable. There can't be this barrier of cost. It also needs to be convenient in terms of convenient in terms of geography, convenient in terms Mm. of hours. It's it's why we see fast food succeeding so well because yes, when someone gets off of a double shift at midnight, what are the options that they have? Sonic, Arby's, Burger King, McDonald's. Mm. But 
for me, for me to be extremely critical, it comes out and it sounds like that. But if I'm compassionately critical, it says, you know what? Well, Burger King is introducing an impossible Whopper. Yes, they still have everything else on the menu, but it's a step in the right direction. And if I vote with my dollars at Burger King for the impossible Whopper, then maybe they start saying, hmm, our customers want more of this. Let's continue adjusting our menu. So those are two things that I've identified. The third, which I think is truly the most important, and I think it's something that can go across anything you're campaigning for in this country, is the individual in pursuit of the goal. So right now, wellness. The individual in pursuit of wellness needs to be able to identify with the individual who's advocating for it. So if we take, for example, if it's a Latin community and you throw in a person like me, you know, a Caucasian male who does not speak Spanish, I'm not connecting. I'm not representative of that culture. If there's a minority, if there's Asian, if there's black, if it's female, if it's male, if it's gay, if it's straight, we need to have more role models and influence, influential people within that space speaking to individuals that look like themselves. Agreed. An example of this, an example of this to me is Gwyneth Paltrow's goop. You know, they want everyone to be a bit more well. However, the products are inaccessible in terms of cost. Yeah. And it's, it's marketed directly towards a thin millennial, millennial mother, white woman. Yes. You know, it, it's, not mar- it's not marketed towards someone who is a bit heavier and working towards a new weight goal. It's not, work- it's not going towards someone who's English second language. It's not mm-hmm. directed towards a minority. And for, if I'm going to be compassionately critical there, it's great. Let's celebrate that you guys are trying to do something there. But next step for you is start expanding. Start bringing in those voices that can speak and they look like other individuals. You know, we, we see it now, commercials, companies, the, the word diversity of 10 years ago where it came in and like every HR person was like, oh, we, we have to do this. Or school, we have to right. do this. It's, right. now, it's now time for wellness to, wellness kind of really needs to embrace that because going through Kansas, there, there's no one in overalls who drives a John Deere tractor <laughs> that is advocating for these individuals to begin eating foods that could potentially prevent hypertension or type 2 diabetes. Mm. But sure as hell, if you put in someone in a town with a population of 700 people that is well recognized and he says, hey, or she says, hey, we should actually start looking at some of this, you could transform that whole town. Absolutely. They, they move quickly. These are not millions and millions of people you bring one person that speaks that same language and is trusted by that community then you start that thing starts moving like a scooter rather than a tractor trailer that turn and that's that's the next step um and kind of long-winded response there but it's something that i've i've been seeing every single day at 14 miles per hour wow that's oh, thank you thank you i'm like i'm taking my own notes just like to reference back to because um, <laughs> i think this conversation is so overlooked but so important for so many of our communities and for a lot of communities of black and brown people and i'm very glad that you're highlighting that um as well and so with wild but well as the co-founder what you know i know you sort of hinted about you calling you're calling it insulation because you have these other ideas for the wellness ride but what are if you can tell us or give us a preview or a peek what are the larger ideas or visions that you have for it where do you see this in the future 
um, as, you know, a longer term wellness movement? It's, a, it's such an interesting question because we, we've toyed with so many different ideas. We've toyed with ideas of doing more things in media that can be shared. So like you start thinking of like documentaries or profiles of individuals at a very peer-to-peer level. So rather than focusing on the vegan bodybuilder or people that might be highlighted in the upcoming Game Changers movie, maybe we focus on the mid-level territory sales rep that's in the field that is committed and brings a cooler every day with his smoothies and juices and healthy food because he knows what it's like to be traveling hundreds of miles a day, but he's not willing to compromise his wellness. You know, maybe it's profiling that person, or maybe it's profiling the mother of four who is also working a part-time job but is up, and she is not willing to compromise her sleep. You know, it's profiling individuals like that because they're more accessible. But there's also larger-scale things where we say, what if we take this and kind of put it as a case study and begin looking at larger brands, and we start saying, hey, can we work with you and partner with you to – improve your marketing. You know, we're not against marketing. We're not against brands making their money, but doing it the right way and doing it in a way that is considerate of all humans that we have on this planet. And there's also massive ones. Like I, I have an idea that several people have said is crazy and wild, (laughs) but I have an idea of throwing like the Coachella of wellness festivals, Hmm. one where it's completely sober and you have the Oktoberfest style beer tent, but the only thing in it is, you know, craft tea, craft kombucha or craft non-alcoholic. And there's only vegan options there. So maybe Beyond Meat or Impossible Meat Hmm. comes in there and you're having banh mi's with tofu inside them. And you're bringing in all of these meditation classes and it's a healthy, um, music festival rather than one that's like fueled with alcohol ecstasy and cocaine Mm, yeah that's that's very very real like and i don't think i think that it's become (laughs) such the norm now that people don't really realize like take a step back look at the lyrics or like actually like read what you're listening to or just sort of what's become like so normal now um so yeah we joke about it but it's so real (laughs) yeah so that, those are all the potential directions, and they're, they're all just a matter of which one we want to pursue. Yeah. We, we operate with this mindset that we actually, that we could do anything. You know, there's, yeah. there's nothing that we could put up on a whiteboard and say, we can't do that. Mm. It's just a matter of, do we want to do this? Yeah. Do we, are we ready to do this? And when we say yes to both of those questions, that's when we'll be making it happen. I am very much looking forward to the future plans, so I will be very in tune and following. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It should be fun. It should be exciting. Absolutely. Um, and just sort of to round it off, I as I was just like reading about your own personal brands and opportunities, it's like you're always innovating. And what is your driving force? And I know, you know, there's all these different brands where you have your personal brand, Ricky Ricky and Wild But Well, and you know, like, what is your driving force towards this? And I mean, of course, naturally, you're an innovator. But um, how do you do it? What what is like fueling you? Yeah, so this, um, and this this question, I'll I'll try to keep, the answer I'll try to keep light, but 
I kind of think it comes from like this darker motivation where mm. I think life and the fact that we're all breathing is so rare. Like mm. the fact that there's 7 billion of us that have, you know, won this birthing lottery that we're mm. out here is so special and so rare. But I also think that like our life is so fragile where if mm. you are just aware, like, a car crash could happen at any moment. Individuals who are dying of disease or they're just people die every single day. And there have been individuals in my life who at times that I said is the wrong time of their life have lost their life and passed away. And becoming acutely aware of that and kind of training that awareness, it motivates me because I understand hey, I'm going to die one day. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's just a really shitty truth. I don't know what comes next. I'm not deeply religious. I don't have proof or a strong belief in reincarnation or anything. All I know is that one day I'll stop breathing. My heart's going to start pumping. I'm going to die. So if I'm 28 years old right now and I can, if I can make it to triple digits, that means I have 72 years left. That's such a short amount of time for me to accomplish things. Mm. And I'm not willing to you know, not make that impact. I'm not willing to just go through the motion. I'm not willing to just work for someone else's dream just to see the comfort of a direct deposit hit my bank account every second Friday so I can then go out to brunch and have the same weekend repeat after repeat after repeat and follow the pace of life that's been put ahead of me, get engaged, get married, have kids, buy a house. I'm not willing to just follow that because it's not what speaks to me. What speaks to me is making the biggest difference I can, having the most fun I can, bringing the most amount of people together I can with an anchor in kindness and not compromising any of that. Mm. And it's, it's, a, it's a newer thing. You know, I, it took me a little bit to find that, but it's definitely where I will hold off as long as I can. Like, I, I tell people now, I'm like, I'm going for broke. And it's like, if I get to a point where I, where I have a hundred dollars left in my bank account, then just then may I turn to the, turn to the resume and say, oh geez, I should probably go get a, a job doing sales or marketing Fair. at a company. But, un, but until then, until then, I'm going to have the stress and I'm going to have this weight every day, but yeah. I'd so rather do that than not. Um, so yeah, like it's, it's a, it's a weird motivation, <laughs> and I, I wish I had, like, a, a different one, but it's really just, I, yeah, I have, I don't have the best relationship necessarily with death, mm. and, like, I'm like, damn, my, my clock is ticking, mm-hmm. so how can I turn that into a strength for me, and that strength then becomes this, do as much as you can, do as big as you can, be as bold as you can, champion yourself as much as you can, and see what happens. Thank you, because I feel like in you being able to live that out and live your truth, you're absolutely inspiring other people where it may not be if someone's going to go and, you know, completely stray from sort of the norm, quote unquote, and, you know, wearing a suit and tie to work every day, but they're going to find those moments or ways to still be and living in their truth. Or maybe they might just say, all right, I'm going to go and start this company or do this thing that I've always been thinking about in the back of my mind. 
but by you being out there and publicizing this and being so open with your story, it's absolutely inspiring everyone else. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely hope so. And it's not like I hope no one interprets it as ditch the suit and tie. You know, if you love yeah. high banking and you love Wall Street right? or you love tech in San Francisco, then do that. Of Get course. Of anything else that potentially could be weighing you down and do that because you'll probably innovate and you'll do amazing things. Mm. But if you're someone who feels like you have to do something, then hopefully over time you'll understand that you have the complete choice. And once you start feeling that you have to do something and you don't like it, hopefully you realize that you have the choice that you can adjust that path you're on. You may have to make sacrifices. You know, you may have to then move back in with your parents. You may have to take out a loan. You may have to say, no, I can't go to this event. I can't go to that wedding. I can't go to that bachelor party. That's a very real part of it. But hopefully you'll find the joy and the excitement and the sovereignty and having the autonomy to make your decisions that will keep you going for the next week, for the next month, for the next year. And then you pick your head up and you look and you say, wow, I've been doing it for a couple of years. I've been doing it for a decade. Oh, I, I made my life out of this. It's working. I'm okay. I'm floating. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I'm floating. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're floating, you're good. You exactly. You're not the best at floating. It's like, if you're like, oh, I kind of suck at floating. Okay, you're still floating. You're, you're still, still out there. You're still out there. <laughs> this has been oh, cool. so enlightening. And I think that... My listeners are definitely going to be in tune and hopefully be inspired, but then also think about how to incorporate and define, you know, wellness from themselves and their own personal lives through community and friendship and other ways to um, make it more of their own. Um, Where do we keep updated? Website, Instagram, what, Twitter, like how? Tell us, send me all of the stuff. <laughs> yeah, I say the best place. I run everything out of Instagram because Instagram it's like I, I'd say right now globally one of the most interactive platforms, but also has the ability to put links in a profile. So in my profile, I have like 15 links on a link tree where you can then see Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Medium, Strava, blog, newsletter, all of that. So I, I definitely encourage everyone to go to Instagram to check in, and that's Ricky Pickles, R-I-C-K-I-E-P-I-C-K-L-E-Z. And from there, you, you kind of have, like, your pick. It's like a grocery store of engagement. <laughs> you heard it here first. Thank you again, Richie, for joining us on another episode of It's Your Life. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And you're so right. It is my life. And so with Wild But Well, as the co-founder, what, you know, I know you sort of hinted about you calling, you're calling it insulation because you have these other ideas for the wellness ride, but what are, if you can tell us or give us a preview or a peek, what are the larger ideas or visions that you have for it? Where do you see this in the future um, as, you know, a longer term wellness movement? It's such an interesting question because, we, we've toyed with so many different ideas. We've toyed with ideas of doing more things in media that can be shared. So like we start thinking of like documentaries or profiles of individuals at a very peer-to-peer level. So rather than focusing on the vegan bodybuilder or people that might be highlighted in the upcoming Game Changers movie, 
maybe we focus on the mid-level territory sales rep that's in the field that is committed and brings a cooler every day with his smoothies and juices and healthy food because he knows what it's like to be traveling hundreds of miles a day, but he's not willing to compromise his wellness. You know, maybe it's profiling Mm. that person. or Maybe it's profiling the mother of four who is also working a part-time job but is up and she is not willing to compromise her sleep. You know, it's profiling individuals like that because they're more accessible. But there's also larger scale things where we say, what if we take this and kind of put it as a case study and begin looking at larger brands and we start saying, hey, can we work with you and partner with you to improve your marketing? No, we're not against marketing. We're not against brands making their money, but doing it the right way and doing it in a way that is considerate of all humans that we have on this planet. And there's also massive ones. Like I, I have an idea that several people have said is crazy and wild, <laughs> but I have an idea of throwing like the Coachella of wellness festivals, hmm. one where it's completely sober and you have wow. the Oktoberfest style beer tent, but the only thing in it is, you know, craft tea, craft kombucha or craft non-alcoholic. And there's only vegan options there. So maybe Beyond Meat or Impossible Meat hmm. comes in there. And you're having banh mi's with tofu inside them. And you're bringing in all of these meditation classes. And it's a healthy um, music festival rather than one that's, like, fueled with alcohol, ecstasy, and cocaine. Hmm. Yeah. That's, that's very, very real. Like... And I don't think, I think that it's become such the norm now that people don't really realize, like, take a step back, look at the lyrics or like actually like read what you're listening to or just sort of what's become like so normal now. Um, So yeah, we joke about it, but it's so real. (laughs) Yeah. So that, those are all the potential directions and they're, they're all just a matter of which one we want to pursue. We, yeah. we operate with this mindset that we actually that we could do anything. You know, there's yeah. there's nothing that we could put up on a whiteboard and say we can't do that. Mm. It's just a matter of do we want to do this? Yeah. Do we, are we ready to do this? And when we say yes to both of those questions, that's when we'll be making it happen. I am very much looking forward to the future plan. So I will be very in tune and following. thank you it should be fun it should be exciting absolutely um and just sort of to round it off i as i was just like reading about your own personal brands and opportunities it's like you're always innovating and what is your driving force and i know you know there's all these different brands Mm -hmm. where you have your personal brand ricky ricky and wild but well and you know like what is your driving force towards this and i mean of course naturally you're an innovator but um, how do you do it? What per, What is, like, fuel, fueling you? Yeah, so this, um, and this, this question, I'll, I'll try to keep, I'll, the answer I'll try to keep light, yeah. but I kind of think it comes from, like, this darker motivation where mm-hmm. I think life and the fact that we're all breathing is so rare. Like, the Mm. fact that there's 7 billion of us that have, you know, won this birthing lottery, that we're Mm. out here, is so special and so rare. But I also think that, like, our life is so fragile, where if Mm. you are just aware, like, a car crash could happen at any moment. Individuals who are 
dying of disease or they're just people die every single day. And there have been individuals in my life who at times that I said is the wrong time of their life have lost their life and passed away. And becoming acutely aware of that and kind of training that awareness, it motivates me because I understand, hey, I'm going to die one day. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's just a really shitty truth. I don't know what comes next. I'm not deeply religious. I don't have proof or a strong belief in reincarnation or anything. All I know is that one day I'll stop breathing. My heart's going to start pumping. I'm going to die. So if I'm 28 years old right now and I can, if I can make it to triple digits, that means I have 72 years left. That's such a short amount of time for me to accomplish things. Mm. And I'm not willing to you know, not make that impact. I'm not willing to just go through the motions. I'm not willing to just work for someone else's dream just to see the comfort of a direct deposit hit my bank account every second Friday so I can then go out to brunch and have the same weekend repeat after repeat after repeat and follow the pace of life that's been put ahead of me, get engaged, get married, have kids, buy a house. I'm not willing to just follow that because it's not what speaks to me. What speaks to me is making the biggest difference I can, having the most fun I can, bringing the most amount of people together I can with an anchor in kindness and not compromising any of that. Mm. And it's, it's, an, it's a newer thing. You know, I, it took me a little bit to find that, but it's definitely where I will hold off as long as I can. Like, I, I tell people now, I'm like, I'm going for broke. And it's like, if I get to a point where I, where I have a hundred dollars left in my bank account, then just then may I turn to the, turn to the resume and say, oh geez, I should probably go get a, a job doing sales or marketing Fair. at a company. But, un, but until then, until then, I'm going to have the stress and I'm going to have this weight every day, but yeah. I'd still rather do that than not. Um, so yeah, like it's, it's a, it's a weird motivation, <laughs> and I, I wish I had, like, a, a different one, but it's really just, I, yeah, I have, I don't have the best relationship necessarily with death, mm. and, like, I'm like, damn, my, my clock is ticking, mm. so how can I turn that into a strength for me, and that strength then becomes this, do as much as you can, do as big as you can, be as bold as you can, champion yourself as much as you can, and see what happens. Thank you, because I feel like in you being able to live that out and live your truth, you're absolutely inspiring other people where it may not be if someone's going to go and, you know, completely stray from sort of the norm, quote unquote, and, you know, wearing a suit and tie to work every day, but they're going to find those moments or ways to still be and living in their truth. Or maybe they might just say, all right, I'm going to go and start this company or do this thing that I've always been thinking about in the back of my mind. But by you being out there and publicizing this and being so open with your story, it's absolutely inspiring everyone else. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely hope so. And it's not like I hope no one interprets it as ditch the suit and tie. You know, if you love yeah. high banking and you love Wall Street or right? you love tech in San Francisco, then do that. Of Get course. anything else that potentially could be weighing you down. And do that because you'll probably innovate and you'll do amazing things. Mm. But if you're someone who feels like you have to do something, then 
hopefully over time you'll understand that you have the complete choice. And once you start feeling that you have to do something and you don't like it, hopefully you realize that you have the choice that you can adjust that path you're on. You may have to make sacrifices. You know, you may have to then move back in with your parents. You may have to take out a loan. You may have to say, no, I can't go to this event. I can't go to that wedding. I can't go to that bachelor party. That's a very real part of it. But hopefully you'll find the joy and the excitement and the sovereignty and having the autonomy to make your decisions that will keep you going for the next week, for the next month, for the next year. And then you pick your head up and you look and you say, wow, I've been doing it for a couple of years. I've been doing it for a decade. Oh, I, I made my life out of this. It's working. I'm okay. I'm floating. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I'm floating. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> if you're floating, you're good. Even exactly. If you're not the best at floating. It's like, if you're like, oh, I kind of suck at floating. Okay, you're still floating. You're, you're still, still up there. You're still out there. <laughs> this has oh, been cool. so enlightening. And I think that... My listeners are definitely going to be in tune and hopefully be inspired, but then also think about how to incorporate and define, you know, wellness from themselves and their own personal lives through community and friendship and other ways to um, make it more of their own. Um, where do we keep updated? Website, Instagram, what, Twitter, like how? Tell us, send me all of the stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'd say the best place, I run everything out of Instagram because Instagram, it's like, I, I'd say right now, globally one of the most interactive platforms, but also has the ability to put links in a profile. So in my profile, I have like 15 links on a link tree where you can then see Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Medium, Strava, blog, newsletter, all of that. So I definitely encourage everyone to go to Instagram to check in, and that's Ricky Pickles, R-I-C-K-I-E-P-I-C-K-L-E-Z. And from there, you, you kind of have, like, your pick. It's like a grocery store of engagement. <laughs> you heard it here first. Thank you again, Richie, for joining us on another episode of It's Your Life. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And you're so right. It is my life.